And God, we do indeed praise you. We thank you for the gift of your life and your light. And I pray that even now, you would soften our hearts, that you would open us again to the reality that you long to meet us. Give us ears to hear and hearts to encounter you afresh tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. My name is Pastor Suzanne Vogel, and I want to welcome you again tonight. Those of you who are watching online and those of you who are in the room, we are so glad you're here, particularly those of you who are visiting tonight. I know that it can be really difficult to walk through the doors of a church that you're unfamiliar with or maybe you've been away from. And so we just want to thank you for being here and for trusting enough, us enough to join us. If you want more information about our church or our community, you can go online or on the back of the worship orders is a little bit more information. Now, you know, I thought I knew what darkness was until a cloudless night in rural Africa about 30 years ago. I and a group of women were making our way from the community school in a small village out to the place where we were staying. And it was at night, and our flashlight went out. Yeah, you heard me. Flashlight, singular, not plural. And uh, in that moment, it was pitch dark. Now, I grew up in Nebraska. I have been on farms. I know dark. But there was no moon, no stars. It was cloudless. Uh, this is a part of the country, and actually it was 30 years ago, where electricity itself is sporadic, much less street lights or streets even. Uh, and, you know, it was so dark. It felt almost like we were enveloped by a black hole. I mean, it was terrifying. First of all, because I was really disoriented. I didn't know the area well at all yet. We'd only been there a little while, and I had no idea which direction we should even head. Um, the, we had no idea how close other houses were, and so I thought, I don't, if, we, if we scream, I don't even know if people will hear us. And then this tricky thing happens. I don't know if you know this, but when you lose uh, visual, your hearing gets sharpened. And so I was hearing all the things all the things that were happening in the grass around me. At one point, there was a rustle over here that I was probably a chicken, but I was, my, I was convinced it was a jaguar who had not eaten for two weeks, right? You know how this happens in the dark. I've thought a lot about that night in the last year, maybe two even, really, thought a lot about the ways that in the darkness our vulnerability gets exposed, our lack of control, our lack of ability to actually find our way, the fear, the panic that can set in in the dark. You know, the truth is, is that most of the time I, and I suspect we, can avoid that reality. I mean, as Americans who live in the wealthiest time of history in the most powerful country in the world, I don't think a lot about light. 
My lights come on anytime I want, and there's backup generators and flashlights and all kinds of things. I don't have to think about the darkness very much until seasons like this last year remind me again how much we cannot control, how much and how feeble our attempts to save ourselves are. When I'm reminded that the darkness is always on the edge and I'm left alone, maybe we are left alone with our panic and our dread. Now it's tempting to imagine somehow that this is a new phenomenon that comes along with global pandemics, but it's not. Here's the truth. Darkness has been part of humanity's story from the beginning of our story. Darkness has always marked us within and without. From the beginning of the story, humanity has always chosen to lie and blame and shame in the dark rather than coming into the light and trusting the life that bore us. We have used each other. We've done violence to each other. We have collapsed into self-hatred and hatred of others. It is within us. And then, not just within us, but then we seek to control our environments. We strive for political power. Kings have been doing this from the beginning of time. We seek for ways to make us feel comfortable and more secure, to accumulate more wealth, all of the things to try and hold the darkness at bay. In fact, in the ancient story we heard again tonight, Mary and Joseph were not strangers to darkness. They were born into oppressed, they were born as oppressed people, conquered by an invading king who did not share their values. When Mary was found pregnant, she was rejected by her family and nearly rejected by her fiancé. They moved in poverty. Nobody would welcome them at home. And their child was born on the outskirts of town. Soon they would become hunted refugees to Egypt. The shepherds that we speak so eloquently of now were on a hillside far from the press of humanity, not always because they chose it, but be because, well, that's where the people who we don't like are found, out on the edges. The ones who smell, the ones who don't make enough, who live day by day, who do the menial tasks. That's what shepherds were. And the magi that came that we heard about, well, they wouldn't have been welcome either. Darkness is part of the story. It is part of our story. It has always haunted us and hunted us and sometimes even envelops us. But that night, that night in rural Africa, just as we started to scream, I can still close my eyes and see the sliver of light on the horizon bouncing. Turns out 
the missionary that we were staying with realized how late it was and decided, I think maybe nudged by God, to grab a flashlight and come meet us on the way. And I remember the literal and tangible relief I felt in my body knowing and seeing the light move towards me. Friends, that is the good news tonight. Here's the thing. The darkness is always present and we can never escape it. But the better news is that the light moved towards us. That God did not leave us alone in our darkness and leave us to our own devices. No, instead, light came, moved towards us first. Moved first towards a teenage girl and then to her fiancé and then announced to those on the edges of society and called to those who had no expectation of God wooing them. God moves towards us. He keeps moving towards us. You are pursued. You are loved. Isaiah 9, 2 says it this way. The people, you, I, walking in darkness, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The God of the universe doesn't make you earn the light. You cannot earn the light. The light comes to you. You know, traditionally, in a candlelight service, we light our candles by the light of the Christ candle, but we pass the light as we sing. And I wondered tonight if maybe you need a tangible reminder, maybe I need a tangible reminder, that the light moves towards you. So rather than singing, I'm going to invite you to watch the light come to you tonight. And as it does, I would invite you to reflect where have you seen God move towards you this year? How have you experienced the goodness of God? pursuing you in the darkness? Where have you known unexpected peace or undeserved grace? Did you experience kindness that was not earned? An encouraging word direction when you needed it? Watch the light move towards you.
For that is what Jesus did. When he wrapped himself in humanity to come that we might no longer know the fear and the dread of the darkness. 